Hey, everyone, and welcome back to your first summer episode of SVN on the Go. I'm Julian Banuelos. And I'm Michelle Masoke. Today, we're interviewing Connie Neville, principal of SVN CM Neville and Associates Incorporated. Connie is the co-chair of the SVN Self Storage Product Council and specializes in the brokerage of self-storage facilities in the New England area. Since joining, Connie has participated in the sale of self-storage properties totaling nearly 4 million square feet and over $220 million in Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Maine, and New York. She is the president of the Northeast Self-Storage Association and a board member of both the New Hampshire and Maine Self-Storage Associations. Well, Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, the first question we want to get into is actually about yourself. Let's just talk about you. Uh, tell us a little about your introduction to commercial real estate and how did you come into your current role as the owner and managing director of SVN Neville and Associates? Well, thank you for having me, Julian and Michelle. I appreciate it this afternoon. Um, so a little bit about my background. I have, have a, law, a law degree and I was trained as a civil litigator which I did for um, 18 years. And I had, um, at one point we had about 14 lawyers in the firm and we did, we represented the big bad insurance companies who, you know, were going, trying to keep um, settlements from the, 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 you know, the injured parties. So we weren't exactly the, you know, the top of the totem pole, but, um, I really, I stopped and thought about it. I wasn't a bad trial lawyer, but I didn't love it. And you have to have a, this, a really bad passion in your belly to be able to be, you know, put down one file, win or lose, pick up the next one and get, you know, go. Um, I was a little, maybe a little too sensitive for that. And so I started reflecting after 18 years of doing this and by the way, not liking my clients anymore. Um, so I had to figure, I figured, tried to figure out what would I be if I didn't do this. So everybody said, and I said, well, I really liked my real property classes in, in law school, but then they were like, well, why aren't you, why aren't you a lawyer for, you know, in commercial real estate or real residential real estate and stuff. And it was like, cause I hate contracts. So if I don't like reading contracts, I don't really think I would be very successful. But what I really did like being and doing in my position in the firm was rainmaking, bringing in, bringing in deals, bringing in clients to the firm. So I would, you know, I would fly to Moline, Illinois, and all kinds of other places, and you know, I'd land an account with John Deere, and I was good at that. And I came back one day from that from that fateful vi visit, and I came and I had a meeting with my lawyers, and I said. We got it. That's the good news. The bad news is if any of you screw this up, I'm not going back there. So you better do a good job. Um, so we had the we had the John Deere account for quite some time. But anyway, it wasn't as it wasn't as satisfying to me. And I started thinking, well, what could I do in the next, you know, quarter of my life? Um, and I decided I would be a commercial real estate broker. Now, one just doesn't wake up one day and become a commercial real estate broker, no matter how many advanced degrees you have behind your name. So um, I said to a very good dear friend of mine, George, what should I do? And he, and he said, well, 
I don't know, but our firm, where he's he's a lawyer, our firm is been charged by to get 21 new sites for public storage in Massachusetts. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really know what public storage is because I'm a when it when in doubt, throw it out kind of girl. So it was I said, okay, well, tell me more. Well, you just have to tell them you'll go out and find sites. So I said, okay, I'll do that. That was about as much thought as I gave to it. Um, and uh, that's how I, I mean, it's, it's a long but short story as to how I got into, uh, into the self-storage industry. And that's it. Um, mm -hmm. by, by my friend George's just, you know, off the cuff statement and me saying, okay, I'll try that. So um, I did, and I started CM Neville and Associates, and I had a couple of guys with me, and for various reasons, we did a couple deals, and then they went on to greener pastures, and now it was, that was 2001, and 2003, um, I got a crazy phone call, um, well, I thought it was kind of crazy, long-winded message uh, that I listened to when we used to listen to voicemail messages. Um, and it was from Kevin. Um, and it was from Kevin Majacomo. And he was in charge of the Northeast recruiting effort. Um, and he went on and on about that. Well, it wasn't called the SVN difference then, but it was something else. And um, so he said, so he, I called him back and he convinced me, didn't take much. And I, I knew that I was getting nowhere being just me or even me and two guys, I needed a national platform. And I knew I needed a national platform to get anybody mm -hmm. to pay attention to me to do anything other than, you know, an 800 square foot retail store in Lexington Center. Um, so Kevin did the pitch and I was like, you know, I don't want to say I was drinking Kool-Aid cause that's kind of rude, <laughs> but, um, but I, I was, you know, I was definitely um, hooked on the idea. Mm -hmm. jumped in both feet in 2003 and um, done a couple of self-storage deals as kind of courtesy of my friend George. And then um, I was, you know, a whole hog and I went for, we went to a couple of um, national meetings and that was great. And David Frosch was still was president at the time. So he, you know, he's very charismatic and, you know, could, you know, bring a bring a fish online so I was but I was I was in and um so Kevin brought in about 12 other guys in um in, in Massachusetts and Rhode Island nobody from New Hampshire at that time anyway we had a pretty good group um and then Nick joined Nick Malagisi who was our national director for self-storage he joined in 2005 and commenced to build the the self-storage team he came to a meeting in my office, which I used to have time to call all the people that were highlighted on Mondays and welcome them to the company. And nobody has that kind of time anymore. So, um, so, but it worked because I invited Nick to come to our meeting. He came to the meeting. He said, how many self-storage deals have you done? I, I was very sheepish. I said two. And he said, that's two more than anybody else in this room. So you're in. Um, I said, that's it. That's all I have to do to be on the team. And he said, yep. So, um, so we were off to the races since 2005, um, doing just self-storage. So that's incredible. And Hey, Connie, I do not blame you for yeah. not wanting to go back to Moline. <laughs> I went to college in the quad <laughs> my freshman year. So 
I don't blame you. I've been there. It's hey, you've, you've been there once, and and that once isn't. <laughs> well, I got there in the middle of the night, and and, and there was like I, I think I had gummy bears, not good ones either. Um, for you know, for dinner from the vending machine. So, oh my gosh, everything We've was all been there. Yeah, no offense, <laughs> all been there. no offense to any listeners. We we love it, but yeah, you've been there once, and it's enough. Yep. Yep. That was that was it. <laughs> so uh, when you were reflecting on this transition into CRE brokering and self-storage, what vision, mission, and values did you have for your brokerage? And how has this developed over the years? Well, honestly, Michelle, I didn't have any other than trying to make some money mm-hmm. um, and support my, my kids. Um, but I had a vision that, like residential real estate, I could put a property out there and people would come to me and ask me questions about it and want to buy it. And they didn't because everything was hidden. There was nothing out there. So what really attracted me to the SVN platform was the fact that we could put put properties out there and, and people actually called you to, 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 to be, to ask you about them. Mm-hmm. So I guess when I saw the core covenants, um, and you know, I was kind of raised with the um, the whole commandments thing, so I, I was I was I was pretty pretty well in line with that, and um, so I I liked the values, I liked the morals that were being promoted and encouraged. So every every one is is valuable as far as I'm concerned, and I I really um, as being a as coming from a career where I didn't like my clients, and that's a whole other meeting, but um, I, I decided that I wanted to like my clients and I wanted to build rapport with my clients and I wanted to mm-hmm. help them. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a uh, social worker or anything like that, but, you know, even, even this week, I'm in the, in the role of being a, a psychiatrist for one of my guys who's, you know, going off the edge. So, um, so anyway, it, it just, it just appealed to me that I could be that rainmaker. I could bring the business in and I could shepherd the whole deal along so that it was successful for everybody. When you try key cases, it, it, the adage is once you get it settled, nobody's happy. Well, I didn't like that. So I, what I liked was usually in my, in, in selling properties for people, everybody was happy at the end. I mean, it does, it sounds a little silly, but they were, um, somebody got the money, somebody got the property, somebody went on vacation and it was good, you know? Yeah. So that was my vision, I guess. And it happened. Connie, I've actually had the pleasure of working with you over the last two years in the self-storage council. You and Nick Malgc, uh, you being the co-chair of our self-storage product council as well. Tell us what you're seeing that's changing in the self-storage asset class, some trends that you're seeing, and how do you see this asset class evolving over time? So a few years ago, the self-storage industry started doing what hotels and some other uh, retail-like, um, and retail, I suppose, uh, they, they cl- started collecting big data, 
big data, right? And so a whole bunch of people got into it and it was a big rage and everybody was doing it. And, you know, you had to pick and choose between the companies. Some were good and some were bad. So we got all this new data in, but it sort of um, layered the playing field or lowered the playing field a little bit. So the, the upshot of it was it's much harder now to get listings because some of that data is available to anybody, like all, all, all of our clients. So while we thought it would be a great influx of information for us, well, they did not sell it to, you know, just Joe Dokes. I mean, they would sell it to anybody who wanted to buy it. So that has been a challenge for us because now we've got people who are, you know, I used to leave meetings and people would say, you know, you know more about my property than I do. Well, sometimes that doesn't happen quite as often any, anymore as, as, they, as, it, as it once did, um, to me anyway, because I was going very prepared and I still do. But, um, but it, that's a challenge. And the other thing that's a challenge is there's predatory brokers out there and I'm just gonna put it right out there. There are predatory people who go and they call 10, 20 times a month, the same people. And some of them are my clients. Some of them won't put up with it. Some of them are persuaded, but not very money. And I think that that, that kind of, it's, it's a scarcity of inventory is why it's driving people to do that. And that's too bad. Why is there a scarcity of inventory? Because the product is so lucrative once you get it established. All my clients will say, well, Connie, if I sell this, what am I going to do to replace the cash flow? Whether it's $200,000, $600,000 a year. And then what do I do with the money I get? You know, and 1031 used to be, um, you know, sort of a, a viable possibility. And there are other, there are other avenues if you're purchasing with a REIT, but um, under the IRS code. But it's, it is, it's really hard because the properties have escalated in value and therefore getting outrageous price per square, per, per square foot. And, um, and the, these guys, most of them who built these properties, they're like, well, what, what do I tell my wife? Like, where am I going to get this kind of dough, you know, after we sell? So we have to, you know, we have to have a cle some clever things up our sleeves in order to, to, to help them move forward with their lives. And, um, and I think that being clever and creative about some of those devices is important. Nice, nice. So you mentioned the, the having the skill to be clever, to evolve and, and mitigate any losses or any any um, resources that are hard to come by. So when we talk about, you know, evolving over time, as you mentioned, how have you been able to transform your newsletter into an interactive platform that CRE professionals can use to connect with one another, especially during a time you know, with this pandemic where that one-on-one -on -one personal contact is lost? Well, much of the self-storage business that I have been able to develop has been by literally pounding the pavements from here to Presque Isle, Maine, to, you know, Southern Connecticut, 
to, to meet people, to attend conferences, to go to their dinners, to sponsor, the, sponsor a dinner, or, I mean, you know, make up trivia games so we can have something to do after dinner, you know. So I've been involved in those organizations, associations in Maine, New Hampshire, and the regional association in New England. Now, um, when we couldn't do that anymore, when we, nobody was having meetings, I couldn't press the flesh, so to speak, or, you know, see people. I would, I would be going, I don't know, four or five times a year up to New Maine, same to New Hampshire, you know, same here, same for the nationals, you know, the national meetings. And I haven't, I haven't been anywhere. I mean, I hate to sound like whining, but I am kind of, I mean, because we, we actual, that's where we've cement our relationships. We see people, you know, we, we entertain, we take them out for dinner or we just have coffee with them or whatever. And it's, that has really caused a, a challenge to be able to be in touch with people. So I thought, mm -hmm. all right, well, we're gonna do more newsletters instead of quarterly, we're gonna do them every other month. We're gonna have important information in there that are bullet points so that people can read one thing. It's all, if that's all they read and they take it away and, they, and it, it helps them understand what's going on in the markets, mm -hmm. great. Um, I usually have a testimonial in there from a, one of my clients. And if I've had a transaction, a sale, then I have a photo of that. Um, and it, if you looked in the back, then you saw um, my pandemic puppy um, has his own column um, and it's called Cardin's Corner. And um, he writes it from his own perspective. And so last year we wrote in the summer about him spending the summer, we spent the summer poolside um, in this little black, blue plastic pool. And, um, and then I, I wrote another one recently about um, us going to have our professional photograph done. So, so you had to do, I had to do a little bit of different stuff, introduce it more and, and, and have some sort of this in this case a goofy column and as well as some good facts and what's going on you know in the market and i also do a section on industry upcoming industry events well that was kind of short um over the last couple of months um last year but we're starting back both the state and the um national associations are starting back with their meetings so i would say that meeting people at the meetings or being in touch over Zoom now and reaching them by the newsletter. Or the other thing I've been doing is sending out um, the economic updates um, nice. under my uh, face um, so that it's uh, they know it's coming from me. And I've only had two or three you know, cranks that said, no, thank you, don't send this to me anymore. So I said, okay, you won't get it. They're lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So these are all gems. I mean, using the economic updates, making it more personal with these um, fun, fun jokes and columns are all gems that uh, we can use as CRE professionals just to make um, make our journey and our professional you know, trajectory a bit more personal. Uh, what other gems and keys to success do you have for other professionals in the industry? Well, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Nick. You know, I mean, George sort of in the beginning, but, um, but Nick 
when he came to the company in 2005, I mean, they asked him to come and develop the storage team because we didn't have that asset class represented. And I will tell you that I did everything Nick told me to do. <laughs> I, I went to the meetings. Um, I developed a database. Now it's had its fits and starts because the platforms haven't always been terrific, but um, I, I like where we're at right now. And, um, you know, I, I just, I listened and I took it all in and I met as many people as I could mm -hmm. um, at the meetings or over coffee or, uh, you know, I just developed a, net, a network, which I was good at because that's what I did when I was developing a business for the law firm. You know, I, I knew how to, I knew I wasn't afraid of picking up the phone and, you know, calling anybody. Um, and, and I'm still not, you know, so, um, and sometimes there's sort of a surprise to hear from you and that's too bad. Um, so, I mean, they, you know, they get up the same way I do. So they're not that special. So, but I get, I, you know, I do get, um, I, I give all, so much of the credit. I mean, so much of the hard work and, you know, the wear and tear on my tires was me, but, you know, it was, it was Nick who, who pushed as he does all the people on the team. And it's not a huge team because not everybody has the will or the want to, to do it and to, and to throw their lot in ex almost exclusively on one asset class. You know, which is few, it, well, there's more of them now, but, um, but, you know, few and far between in some, in some states. So you can't have, maybe, maybe you have to do more than one state. In my, in my case, it, that's pretty much true, you know? So, you know, he said, get, get, get on the board, get specifically get on the membership board of the Maine, New Hampshire, one of them, whatever. Um, and so that you get to know the new people. Who are coming in now they may not be your first clients but they'll be your oldest clients mm. and and the the deal that i sold in january of last year right before we all had to go home and stay home um he uh, th this fellow that i i sold his property for i i helped him pick out the colors of the first building and that was like 12 years ago wow and so you know, he was the one, one of them who said, you know, you're my broker. I'm not talking to anybody, any of these other guys, you know? So, um, same with the one I sold in January. It was 12 years with him too. I mean, I don't think I was married for 12 years. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so these are tried and tested strategies that are proven to work. Yeah, at least for business. <laughs> for business, yes, true. That's amazing. Well, Connie, on, on that on that note, you were an incredible guest on our show. Love the personality from law school to litigation, now to commercial real estate. We want to thank you so much for taking us on your journey and letting us just be a part of it. And also just taking the time out of your ex extremely busy schedule. I know with now the world kind of opening back up, things are really starting to get crazy. So we really do want to thank you for taking the time and just letting us get to know you a little bit better. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, let me know if we have to do a, a redo. Yeah, no, I think this was good. I think it was a, a, yeah. a one and done, one shot take. You were really, really a one and done. Really one and done. You did great. <laughs>